There are two things I want to do um, before we start. Both of these are on behalf of New Life Fellowship. First of all, I want to welcome you. And I don't say this lightly, but many of us, we've, we've spent quite a bit of time together over the last number of months. I do consider ourselves to be friends. And so it's very, very nice to welcome you as our friends to this evening's service. It's just a real pity that we're not welcoming you in happier circumstances. Uh, second thing I want to do, again on behalf of the congregation, is to thank you for your enthusiasm and for your effort and for all of your energy. And I don't know about you, I'm rather tired this weekend. I'm also younger than many of you and quite frankly you've put me and others to shame with the sheer amount of work that you've put into the campaign. Yes, we are disheartened with the results, but I think we can take some small satisfaction at least in the fact that Donegal voted in order to save lives. And I think that is in large part testament to all of the hard work that you've put into this. So on behalf of the congregation, I want to thank you for all of the work that you have done. I've got a friend. Um, won't, I won't share his name, but my wife will know exactly who he is as soon as I say this. My friend is absolutely famous for stating the obvious when it doesn't need to be stated. And I'm going to channel my friend right now. I'm going to state the obvious. It has been a hard weekend, hasn't it? We are tired from all of the effort. We are demoralised by the result. And we are frightened for the future of our country. And so we have a question, don't we? It's a very, very simple question. How do we get out of bed tomorrow morning and go into work? How do we cope with our colleagues who we've talked to about abortion and we know that they voted yes? How do we cope with the international news headlines that are proclaiming this great victory for women and for freedom here in Ireland. How do we put up with smug yes campaigners? How do we put up with a showboating teacher? How do we do that? Well, we could say, well, at least Donegal voted no. That is a comfort, but it doesn't change facts, does it? We could say, well, we'll keep on fighting to save lives. And we should do that. But there's no guarantee that we won't lose the next fight as well. So how do we keep on going? Well, we need something that is really, really good to cling on to, don't we? If we're going to keep on going. And there is only one place that I know of where I can find something like that. And that is God's word. And tonight, you'll notice we've got an order of service. We've got a variety of different songs in that order of service. All of the songs that we're singing tonight come from God's word, come from the Bible, from the book of Psalms. These are Psalms that God has given us to sing in praise to him. But as well as that, they're songs that God has given us to learn from and to build our lives around. And tonight, one of the key things we want to do is to find comfort. We don't want to engage in wishful thinking. 
We don't want to just close our eyes and pretend that nothing has happened, but we want to find true comfort that shines even through the darkness. I believe we'll find that comfort in the songs we sing tonight that God has given us. Wonder whenever most people think about singing songs in church, what do they imagine? I'd imagine that for some people, they picture something that's all singing, all dancing, all clapping. Uh, It's very, very happy. But it's only happy, in their opinion, because the people singing those songs are in cloud cuckoo land. They're ignoring the problems in the world. Or, maybe on the other hand, people imagine singing in church to be dour and dour and dreary and gloomy and Christians who are so serious that they can't even crack a smile. Maybe you're wondering which category will the songs tonight fall into? I'm going to say both, and I'm also going to say neither. These are serious songs. They are written in the face of wickedness and discouragement and fear, and yet they're not gloomy. Because God moved the writers of these songs to see something else. He moved them to see that even amidst the fear and the evil, there is still hope. And the reason for hope is that God is still God. And that's what we're going to see tonight. That is the hope that will get you up tomorrow morning. That is the hope that will allow you to look your yes-voting neighbours in the face. It's the hope that will allow you to watch the 6-1 news tomorrow night without being an absolute mess. And so we want to come, we want to look at the first of our songs for this evening. It's Psalm 112. And notice how the psalm begins on this note of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Perhaps you don't feel like praising the Lord after the events of this weekend. But the psalm gives us plenty of reason to praise God. It gives us plenty of encouragement. Notice verse 4. Upon the upright light will dawn, though he in darkness be. We're in a land of great darkness, aren't we? Darker than any of us, I think, anticipated before the polls closed. And yet God is promising here, when we keep our eyes fixed upon him, we will be able to see the light. And notice verse 7. We can all empathise with this, can't we? If bad news he should receive. That exit poll. But... He will not be afraid. Why not? His heart is steadfast for his trust upon the Lord is laid. That's where our trust is. That's where our trust should be. On the God who is in control. The God who does not change. And that's a hope and a trust and a joy that I pray all of us here tonight will know for ourselves. So I'd ask please that you stand as we sing this and then stay standing as we pray. (coughs) Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would help us not to be afraid. We pray that you would help us not to be shaken 
as a result of the events of this weekend. Father, we pray that amidst the darkness that has engulfed our nation, that we would clearly see the light. Father, we praise you because in spite of this great wickedness, you are still God. We praise you because you are still on the throne. We praise you because you are still just. You are still gracious. You are still compassionate. You are still you. Father, may you help us not to forget that amidst our grief and our tiredness and our disappointment. Father, we thank you this evening for all of those who are gathered here in this room. We thank you for how we could tally up the many, many hours that have been spent on this referendum. And it would be such a huge number. Father, we thank you for all of the energy and the emotion that has gone into the campaign here in Donegal. We thank you for those who have had to endure hostility, and yet they have endured it with a graciousness and a steadfastness. Father, we thank you for the many conversations that people here were able to have with neighbours, with colleagues, family members, with friends, and on the doorsteps as well. Father, thank you for their efforts. And we pray that in the coming days, as we continue to process this result, that you would provide rest and re-energizing and rejuvenation. Father, we pray this evening in particular for our nation. You tell us in your word that we are to pray for our leaders. And so, Father, we pray for Simon Harris. We pray for Leo Varadkar. And we pray that in your grace, you would turn them from the path that they have set themselves to walk down. We pray, Father, that you would convict them of the preciousness of all human beings. We pray that you would convict them of the sheer evil of what they seek to introduce into this nation. Father, we pray that you would cause truth to triumph over evil. Father, we pray as well for all of those in this country who remain committed to the fight for life. We pray that you would give us wisdom as we size up our options for the future. We pray that you will help us to know how best we can continue to defend the right of the unborn. Father, we pray that you'd be with us this evening as we continue to sing these songs you have given us We pray that amidst our sadness, you would provide us with a joy which cannot be seized from us. We pray, Father, that you would fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, our second singing tonight is just over the page. It's Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I don't think it's going to take you terribly long as you look through the words of this song to see why I picked it for our singing tonight. It's a psalm that speaks to us of the preciousness of the unborn child. It's a psalm that tells us, in spite of what we've heard over the last number of months, there's no such thing 
as an unplanned pregnancy. Every single human being in the womb, designed, carefully woven together by the God who created the universe. Verse 8, for you my inward parts did form. You wove me in my mother's womb. Or verse 10 gets it across in powerful language as well. You in earth's depths with skill formed me. Your eyes my embryo did see. Those who have not yet been born are precious to God Almighty. But it's not just the unborn who are precious to God Almighty. It's those who have been born as well. People like us. And we see in this psalm that the God we worship (coughs) is a God of grace and compassion. And of course that's something we need, isn't it? Over this past weekend, we've had our weakness reinforced to us, haven't we? We have tried with all of our strength to stand against this tidal wave of of lies and of opposition. And we've been powerless to stop that tidal wave sweeping over our country. We're weak. We need God's grace. And we need God's compassion. And here in this song, God tells us, I am gracious and I am compassionate. We see in verse 14, he is interested even in our anguish thoughts. He is there to comfort. He is there to provide peace because he has provided for us his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross on behalf of those who come to him in faith. And so again, our prayer this evening is not simply that we would know that God is God, although that's important. It's that we would all be able to say, God is my God. He is the one who cares for me. So Psalm 139, we're going to keep our seats as we sing praise. Well, you'll notice over on the The next part of the page, we've got our next song of praise. That is Psalm number 11. I suppose it must be 13 days ago, um, I decided that um, in the morning, whenever I read God's word, that I would read my way through the book of Psalms. There was no more thought put into it than that. I started with Psalm 1. The next day I went to Psalm 2 and then Psalm 3. On Friday, when I woke up amidst the nerves of the vote and nerves about the future of our country, what song did I read but Psalm number 11? And I'm delighted that I did. It's a song written by King David. He was facing as King David often seemed to do, a serious crisis. And we get a a flavour of that crisis in the first verse. He says, my trust is ever in the Lord. And then it's almost like he's turning to his enemies, those who oppose him. How can you say to me, here's what they say, now like a bird from peril haste and to your mountain flee. In other words, they are saying, look David, your situation is completely hopeless. You are not welcome here. You are outnumbered. Just forget it. 
run to the hills. Just, there's no hope. It sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? I think we in Donegal have got the, the message loud and clear over the last number of days that we are not welcome in modern Ireland. We're a relic of the past. We may as well flee to the mountains. But David was able to keep on going because David kept his eyes fixed on God. And here in verse 3, we have the words that so resonated with me on Friday as I was getting ready to go and vote. When the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous try? It feels like the foundations have been destroyed, doesn't it? But here's the answer. The Lord is in his holy house, his throne in heaven high. Where is God? He's on his throne in heaven. He hasn't run away as the rebels have tried to storm the capital. He hasn't tried to save his life and get to safety in the face of this onslaught. He is where he is. He is where he always has been. He is ruling and he is in control. And notice in verse 4, God is not inactive. God is doing something. His eyes do see. His eyelids test the sons of men. He tests both good and bad. We have a God who is watching. A God who has seen what our nation has done. A God who has seen the efforts that we have put into this referendum. We have a God who will punish those who do wrong. And a God who will and does come to the aid of those who trust his son, Jesus Christ. So we're going to stand, we're going to sing Psalm 11. We want to be thankful that God is where he always has been. Let's watch it. A couple of days ago, Mark and I were discussing um, how we were going to approach this evening. It's kind of hard, I suppose, to plan a meeting called Responding to the Referendum when you don't know how the referendum is going to go. We agreed that if there was a no vote, that Mark would do what I've just done and then that I would come and bring a message from God's word and that in the event of a yes note or a yes vote, the rules would be reversed. So I, I wish that I was coming forward at this point. Sadly, I'm not. But Mark is going to come and speak and he's going to bring us hope and comfort from the word of God. So Mark. Well, before we uh, turn to think about this, let's stand as we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come to look at this part of your word, help us not simply to hear the voice of the preacher, but to hear your voice speaking to us this evening. Let it speak into our hearts and lives and to comfort, encourage, and challenge us, to give us your perspective on the events of this world and this country. But Father, as we pray for our country this evening, we pray 
for those who find themselves struggling not with receiving uh, news of the no vote, but for those who find themselves struggling in all sorts of ways with a crisis pregnancy, who find themselves struggling uh, with news that they've received that they're expecting and they're, they, they weren't expecting to be pregnant. We pray for those who are panicking. We pray for those who have received news that the child in their womb that is longed for and hoped for has some sort of life-limiting condition. Lord, we pray for those who have been horribly abused and mistreated and who have found out that they too are expecting on top of all the turmoil they've been through. And Father, although we believe wholeheartedly that abortion is not the answer, we pray that you would show mercy, grace and compassion to all those in such circumstances. Father, we pray that you would give them strength and help and hope. Father, we pray too for those this evening who have taken that pathway and who have found that it has not been the solution they hoped for, that they are still racked with pain uh, and uncertainty and guilt. And Father, we pray that you would show them your mercy and your cleansing and your hope and your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for all of us here this evening who have been campaigning for a no vote, that you would enable us to still continue with our activities and showing, not simply as we've sought to be, to be a voice for the voiceless, but to also be a voice for the hurting in our broken world. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.